Hey everybody, what's going on? It's Pastor K here yet again on another uh, Take Action with Keon. I hope that these sit-down personal Bible studies are actually helping you um, to go back and really listen to and re-listen to and to chew on and to uh, meditate on, as the scripture says, both day and night, because you can't just hear this once and get this. We are actually on a journey. Um, we've been in this journey for almost three months now, and uh, it's so amazing to see the growth that uh, I've been hearing from you about what's been taking place in your personality, in your business, and in your happiness. So we've been talking about being happy for the previous 11, 12 weeks, but today I'm going to talk about happiness, but I'm going to talk about it from a different angle. I'm going to talk about the one question that I get more than any question. And you would think that being a spiritual leader, the number one question would be, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> but that isn't it. Um, I don't get, uh, you know, how do I become successful um, financially or in business as much as I get this question. Um, as many of you who watch our relationship clips, and uh, thank you for your support on that, I don't get that question as much as I get this question. Do you know the number one question that I always get? How can I find my passion? I get that question so many times. Well, guess what? I heard you, I listened to your inquiries, and today I am going to give you what I believe will help you to inch closer to discovering what your passion is so that you can live a happy life because you can never be happy until you find out why you are here. Would you agree with that? Okay. I'm going to start off what like an uppercut. Like anybody like boxing? Like, you know, when boxers first come out, it's kind of like, you know, they're filling each other out. It's jab, jab. It's move. No, I'm coming out like Mike Tyson back in the 90s, um, salivating, um, aggressive, and I'm throwing an uppercut on the first punch. You better brace yourself. The word passion, the etymology of passion, the oldest rendition of the word we can find in the Latin is uh, pati, P-A-T-I. It's a Latin word, which means suffering. Oh, God. I didn't want to start off like that. But I am not about to play games with y'all. And I'm not about to cap. I'm not about to tell you like everybody else, say, oh, the passion is just that thing that you love to do when you wake up in the morning. All of that's true. But see, that's why we still have so many people walking around not knowing their passion because those of us who are responsible for telling you what passion is haven't given you the full story. Um, so the first thing I want to let you know is that the prefix of the word passion in its oldest original text means suffering. Write that down because that's going to help you with the rest of this discussion. One of the ways that I've discovered 
that you can learn that you are actually on the trajectory of finding your passion is fear. Fear is typically a clue that you're on the right path. Put that aside. Because I'm not saying that you ought to be afraid. I'm just telling you, and I know what Timothy said about fear and all of that, and we're going to get there. Uh, but today, I want you to know that that anxiety, that fear, that trepidation, that, that, that queasy feeling in your stomach, that thing you can't explain, that, that feeling of being overwhelmed when you're trying to do something new, that's typically a clue that you could be uh, headed in the right direction. Before I give you this lesson, I'm going to give you some things that you should not do. Number one, as we get ready to help you discover your passion, do me a favor. Don't try to do everything at once. Don't try to do everything at once. I don't want you to figure out what you want to do, quit your job, empty your savings account, erase everybody's phone number out of your phone, move to the middle of nowhere, become a vegan and only drink water from a bubbling spring. Let's not do all of that at once, right? <laughs> let's let's take our time and let's walk it and let me give you something that should help your confidence from somebody who started at the bottom and God has blessed one step at a time will do don't let these people on Instagram Facebook Snapchat TikTok fool you when they show you their house and they show you their keys and they show you their car, and they show you how many clients they had. What they did not give you was the time-lapse photography of all of the no's they had to hear before they got a yes. And what they did not show you before they got the 5,000-square-foot house was how many apartments they lived in where even after they cleaned the carpet, it was still dirty. And what they didn't show you is the car that didn't start every time they put the key in the ignition. And when they show you how much they are in love on Instagram and hashtag this love and that love, what they didn't show you in the post was the amount of days they laid in the bed crying about not wanting to wake up in the morning. Trust me when I tell you that success is always a process and one step at a time will absolutely suffice. Everybody just type in the comment section. One step will do. Which brings me to my next pillar before we build this house. I teach our staff. I teach my employees. I teach those who I give leadership to about what I call the 1% rule. I tell our staff and our employees and my other businesses all the time that I am not looking for you to wake up in the morning and average 50 points a game. I'm not, I'm not asking you 
to score six touchdowns every time you take the field. In other words, I'm not asking you to come up with a bright idea every time you walk into the office, although that would be good. All I'm asking you to do is to get 1% better today than you were yesterday. Now, imagine if you focused on becoming 1% better every day as opposed to wanting your business to scale 100 times by the end of the month. If you did 1% a day, you could get there in three and a half months without being overwhelmed and stressed out about trying to eat the whole pie on the first bite. When you eat after you watch this message, you are going to eat everything on that plate, but it still won't happen at once. It will happen one bite at a time. Small steps will do. Small steps lead into big steps. 1% will do. Just get a little bit better every day. The other pillar that I want to give you before we build this house, before I help you to build your passion or to find it, I need you to first be honest with yourself. Don't try to do something that you're not good at. Now, I know nothing about fixing cars. So don't bring me your car and ask me to change your oil. I, I don't, I guess I could figure out how to balance and rotate your tires, but I don't feel like it. I guess I could get under the, the car and find out where the cap is to the oil and, and let it all run out. I, I guess I could figure it out. I mean, everything is on YouTube. I guess I could, but... I don't want to. So I'm not going to market myself as a mechanic. But what I will do is buy a chain of shops and manage the operation and hire the appropriate mechanics so that I can actually fix your car without getting under the hood. See, that's what my passion is. One of our staff members was telling me, he said that every time a conflict comes, you seem to light up. I said, I love fixing problems the same way a football player loves to absorb contact. You have to find your passion. What is the thing that makes you light up that other people run from? What is it the, about the thing that you love that you don't even wake up thinking about what the paycheck associated with solving the problem is. That's the thing that leads you into your passion. So don't do something that you're not good at because it's only going to lead to disappointment. If you can't cook, don't open a restaurant. Manage and lead the restaurant and hire the cook. You don't want to be in the kitchen and you cannot cook just because you have a passion for cooking, you have to be good at baking before you become a baker. But you don't have to be good at baking to own a bakery. Are you seeing the dichotomy of the mindset? Find out what you're good at around that idea and put yourself in the proper position. 
Now here is where we build the house. To Larry, Mary, John, Susan, Calvin, Kevin, whoever you are listening to me. I am getting ready to tell you something that you've probably not been told about passion before. And I have found out, Richard, why you have not found what it is that you are passionate about. Are you ready? I have discovered that the reason why people struggle to find their passion is because they don't know how to define it. Your definition of passion is crucial to you finding it. Now, do not go get Webster's Dictionary and look up passion because all it's going to tell you is the art of being passionate or something like that. It, it, I hate definitions that use the word to define the word. They don't help. It's so hard that even when you look in the dictionary, it'll use the same word to define it. We're not going to get this from Webster. We're going to get this from the Holy Ghost today. We're going to get this through a download of revelation and practical steps on how to help you define your passion. Here is the first thing that I've discovered that can help you to find it. Dan Andrews says this. Passion is defined as something, listen, that you can do five hours a day, every day. And if you can't do this, you don't like it enough to be successful. What is the thing that you can do five hours a day, every day? Not five hours a day, Monday through Friday. That's a job. Five hours a day, every day. Um, I got a trainer. This guy is open on Thanksgiving. He's open on Christmas. He's open on every major holiday you can think of. And, and all of his staff members are saying, you need to rest and take a break and you need to not be open. But what they don't understand is that it's his passion. There is a difference between somebody who has sculpted a great body and somebody who loves fitness. Some people just like to look great. So they're driven to do the right things so that they can look great. But that's not looking great as their passion. But when you love to see people excel at health and wellness. So you have a passion. What is the thing that you can do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on your birthday, on Thanksgiving, on Christmas, on your daughter's birthday, on your anniversary? What is the thing that you will do for five hours a day, no matter what day it is? That is called passion. That is called passion. Every day, rain, sleet, snow, holiday, regular day, 
Weekday, weekend. Sunday after church, Sunday before church. After I get off of work, what is the thing that I will contribute five hours a day to? No matter what day it is, that's a way to discover your passion. Many of the world's most successful people, um, as I study, found out most of them have dropped out of school. Most of them dropped out of school. I see millionaires and billionaires who dropped out of college and dropped out of Yale and Harvard and just went after a passion. Um, and they didn't drop out of school because they were not smart. I'm about to give you game. They dropped out of school. God just put the word Samantha in my mind. God just put the name Calvin in my mind. I'm seeing different names. I see so many letters crossing my head right now that I can't. Matthew, I see all of these different names. This word is for you. Hmm. God says you just went back to school to help find your passion, and you didn't find it. And God said the reason why you're on this live broadcast right now, listening to me teach, is because you have a passion, thank you, Holy Spirit, that education doesn't recognize. Oh, I know, I know it's going to be a lot of mad parents at me. Oh, I know it's a whole lot of old school people about to be mad at me right now. But I got, I got hundreds of y'all right now talking about I'm, I'm about to go back to school and I'm about, I'm about to enroll and get in more debt. And you're going to go through all of that and come out and be frustrated because the passion God gave you Education won't recognize it. Getting another degree is not going to help you find this passion. I don't know who that's for. But you are called in an area of interest that a textbook won't recognize. Oh, my God, I know y'all going to be mad at me. Mm, mm -mm. I done messed up. I done, oh Lord Jesus, I done messed up, didn't I? I messed up. I messed up because you, you about to go get a loan and fall asleep in class and you're still not going to be any closer to your destiny. You're about to have not only a loan, but the money is going to cost for somebody to babysit your child while you're in night school. And for those of y'all who are there and you know you're supposed to be there, go. And for those of y'all who need that master's and that doctorate, go. Because I, I, you got to have that to be a doctor. You got to have that to be a lawyer. You got to go uh, uh, and, and pass the bar. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking uh, to, to somebody who has a raw skill and an interest and an idea that is not even in the marketplace yet, or you're getting ready to improve on it. And because of how you were raised, you think you need to go back to school to do it. And I am telling you right now that education won't even recognize what's inside of you. I got to stop because I'm going to upset somebody. I really don't care, but, but I want to stop. I want to stop. And I don't care if you walk into your destiny. I don't care if tears are rolling down your eyes right now. I don't care if you're frustrated. I don't care if you're banging on the table. I don't care if you're punching in the air. I want you to scream, wake up the neighbor, because it is time for you to walk into your passion and stop walking 
under the spell of about to thinks in two choose ye this day hmm I gotta stop let me let me move on but I will say this if you're operating in your passion and you are surrounded by anybody they should catch it like a fever your passion should be more contagious than any COVID-19 variant. If people around you ain't catching it, you ain't passionate. When you are in your passion, everybody around you feels the chill. If you are passionate, people understand when they're doing that, you better leave them alone. <laughs> when you're passionate about something, your wife knows to tiptoe into the office and sit the plate on the table and bag out. When a woman is passionate about something, that man better know he better not come talking about nothing else other than how to help her achieve her destiny. Passion is contagious. Let me prove it. Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52. I want you to read that whole story. It's about a blind man named Bartimaeus. The Bible says that Jesus stops by. And Bartimaeus is a blind man saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And I don't have time to tell you the story because we're not preaching about Bartimaeus. We're talking about passion. And the Bible says that after Jesus gave Bartimaeus his sight, the man stood up and began to follow Jesus. Because when you are in your passion, people will follow you. When you are in your passion, people will leave their beautiful gates to come behind you. When you are in your passion, people will move cities and states to get around somebody who's operating in their passion. When you, when you are in your passion, somebody will quit their job and take lesser pay because they believe in what God is doing through you. That's called Finding your passion. But you know, finding your passion is just the beginning. The question that I have for you today is what will you do once you find it? Because most people put all of their efforts into discovering the passion and then they have no energy left once they finally do. Most people have no plan for what to do after they find out that they love children. But that's when you have the business plan to open up the daycare. Most people don't know what to do. They find out they love graphics and, and they have no they have no plan, so what they end up doing is doing a graphic for a person here, a graphic for a person there. They find out they love to edit. They edit here. They edit there, but they have no plan on how to market themselves as an industry expert 
in those different areas. So you got to have a plan after you find your passion. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Jesus gives us his passion statement. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. I wrap myself in flesh. I'm about to be old school. I skipped through 42 generations. I was big enough to have the world in my hand, yet made myself small enough to be a seed in the womb of a 14-year-old. Knew no sin, but connected myself with the sperm of a sinful man and became flesh. Look at God, so big that he holds the world, yet humble enough to stuff himself into something to fit purpose. Did you not know that sometimes you have to shrink to find your purpose? See, some people are too arrogant, too haughty, too, 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 too big in their own eyes to fit in your, your purpose. Sometimes you got to shrink in your purpose. And then, and then he grew for nine months in his purpose. And then after nine months, he could no longer fit in the matrix of the previous womb of his purpose. And then he grew and he grew. And eventually he went back to the right hand of the father. The process of purpose, sometimes you have to shrink in order to blow up. But can I tell you what his purpose entailed? Okay. Yep. You want your purpose. I got you. Yeah, but did anybody tell you that he had to be bruised and wounded and betrayed and die, eventually resurrected? Because purpose is not as sexy as everybody makes you think it is. Purpose is muddy. Purpose is dangerous. Purpose is dirty. It is frustrating. It is a lot. Somebody th told you, I'm going to get in my purpose. I'm going to live happily ever after. Oh, I'm going to get a paycheck. I'm going to be paid. Yeah, all that's going to happen. But you're going to cry at night. And you're going to want to give it all up. And you're going to ask yourself, is all of this worth it? And you're going to be overwhelmed. Be careful what you're wishing for. Because you might just get it. Can I ask you something? What do other people ask you to help them do? Because that's another way of finding your purpose. What do people say, I need your help with? What would you do if nobody ever told you no? I'm getting ready to give you a haymaker. Here's another uppercut. The fear of failure is worse than failure. Thousands of you watching me right now. You haven't accomplished it yet, not because you can't, you're just scared. Give yourself all of these. Oh, what if it doesn't work? 
If it don't work, try again. What if I'm not successful? If first you don't succeed, try again. I have heard this and I believe it. That in order for a person to get to the right yes, they have to survive nine no's. I've heard that there is a ratio that you're typically typically going to hear nine no's for every major yes. So the reason why people never get to the yes is because they quit on the fourth no, the fifth no, the sixth no. Not knowing that you got three or four more to go because the yes is around the corner. I just want everybody to type yes. Yes, I will stay faithful. Yes, I will keep pushing. Yes, I will keep praying. Yes, I will keep writing. Yes, I will keep fasting. Yes, 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 God, whatever it is, because I want to be and do what you've called me to do. And I will not have the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. You know, when I looked at that, Gary, whoever you are, Gary, when I looked at that text and it said, that God has not given us the spirit of fear. I looked up that because everybody, and me too, we've always focused on the fear. I had to go back to the spirit. And when I looked up the word spirit, it meant principle, which means that God did not implant in you the idea of being afraid. There are only two human fears that we are born with, the fear of noise and the fear of falling. That's why if you have an infant, you make a big noise, they jump. But you can put a big, huge pit bull in front of an infant and the baby won't move because they don't know yet that they're supposed to be afraid. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. You are afraid of dogs now because of some experience you had or the lack of experience that you didn't have. You didn't grow up with them or you knew somebody who got bit and over time. You became afraid of animals and dogs. You didn't swim growing up, so you're afraid of water. Look at all of those fears. Look at this. I want to talk to people who are afraid to swim. Not knowing you were born in water. Your mother's water had to break for you to get here. You spent your first nine months underwater. You became afraid of water as you lived. Why? Because God did not give us the fear principle. We learn it over time. And I am trying to get you to understand that you are afraid of failure because sometimes you're afraid to try. When you are not afraid to try, you become acquainted with failure to the place where you no longer fear it. Embrace it. If I fail, I get up, I do it again. That's how you survive the trajectory that leads to passion. Let me finish by saying this. Some of you all are going to listen to this 10 times over the next two days. I expect to go back and look at the views on this and see that you've consumed this like a ravaged beast and went crazy trying to find your passion. And then you'll hear this last sentence. The work after becoming successful is harder than becoming successful. When you start working, you actually just started. It only goes up from here. 
and before you get on Instagram and start quoting this and before you start tweeting this and before you start trying to teach this, God told me to tell you, it's time for you to daydream. Don't be in a rush to implement this before you digest this. This one, you need to watch before you share. And by that, I don't mean don't share the link, share the link. I mean, before you start writing a lesson about it and you want to teach your children or, or maybe you're a pastor and you want to preach it or maybe you're a leader and you want to give it to your subordinates, yeah, do all of that. But daydream on this. Meditate on this one both night and day so that you can be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. God, in the name of Jesus, I bring every person under the sound of my voice to the throne of mercy. Help us to find out why we are here. Help us to be able to say like Jesus said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. Help us to be able to put our life in a sentence so we will know our purpose. And when we feel overwhelmed, ease our troubled minds. And when the tension builds, relax us and give us the peace that surpasseth all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. It's giving time. I know one thing. I was always taught when I heard a word like that, it was important to sow. I was taught that when you hear a word and you don't give, it's like going to a restaurant and eating without paying the bill. You and I just heard from heaven, and he has given us bread from heaven to feed us until we want no more. Now, you got to make sure that as you receive that bread, that you put some of the wheat back in the ground so that you can have a harvest every season. As you get ready to give, they're putting instructions up on the screen. I want you to give cheerfully because God is about to do something. If you're giving online, you can give by text to give. You can give on our website or you can go to our app, TLHC. You can also make sure that if you're giving as a Lighthouse 2.0 member, you can go to uh, Givelify and click the Take Action link. I am so excited about what God is getting ready to do in your life. I'll see you.